1: Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with.
0: And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com.
1: And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play.
0: Today we're watching the 1944 film Noir Gaslight starring Ingrid Bergman, Charles Boyer, Joseph Cotton and a very young Angela Lansbury in her first role. Wow yeah I considered story...
1: I considered leaving that as a surprise but then I decided not to.
0: Yeah. It's the story of a young woman and her husband who moved back into the home where her aunt was murdered and it's best known for inspiring the term gaslighting or manipulating someone into questioning their own memory or sanity. Very appropriate. Uh and I've never seen it.
1: I assume that you have heard that term before because it's a really common term in like yeah. relationship <laughs> abuse and uh it's something that we're seeing a lot now on the internet. It's another it's a uh, relationship abuse and also it's it's a term that people use often when like um like i feel like it was it was also like bandied about a lot during gamergate um because yeah. it's something people also do like on the internet like if you speak out about something on the internet then people will be like that's not real that doesn't happen like you know exactly whatever the issue is like there's no sexism in gaming
0: and it's and it's just like yeah i i'm really curious to see the movie cuz i feel like it's one of those terms that has been used so much and i've i've read it so much that i'm i'm really curious to like see i don't i have no idea what 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 sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. what their sort of deception is going to happen here, <laughs> you know. I've i've managed to remain unspoiled here, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is well and it's interesting that it's possible to remain unspoiled despite knowing what the term means because like right obviously it comes from this movie so you know it has to have something like that has to go on anyway um you can rent this movie from a whole bunch of places uh youtube itunes amazon video voodoo google play movies all the usual places um it looks like it's 2.99 in all of those places so you know whatever your preferred streaming venue is
0: all right well let's go watch this and then we'll talk about it with spoilers after the break back we've just watched Gaslight the 1944 film starring Agrid Bergman and uh, before we get to what I thought of this movie uh, Emily why do you love it so much?
1: Uh, am I allowed to say like it's just such a good movie?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to have to be a little so bit more specific good. than that <laughs>
1: um, So I honestly it's like it's kind of hard to say because it's just like I don't know it's just so good um, <laughs> but like I don't know. I I feel like I kind of like. I almost like it in the way you like a horror movie. Like it's actually one of the scariest movies that I have seen. Like that I can yeah. think of. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um. And like I don't know. I this is this type of thing has always been more my speed than like an actual horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it it like feels so realistic. So like all of which is a weird way of dancing around and getting into like. I'm kind of going to answer. I think with not like necessarily why i like it so much but like part of what i think makes it such a good movie um and also such a really important movie well just because like it's weird to say that i like it for this reason okay because um, it's like it's not like it's pleasant to watch this unfold at all until the very end, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, like, like,
0: like, quick tangent, like, I feel like there's certain movies that I would put on the list, but that they're not pleasant to watch, and so it's kind of, like, it's always kind of a, a tricky thing of, like, when you're recommending a movie to someone, it's like, it's really great. I mean, you're su- going to be super depressed for a month afterwards, but it's right. really great. You should watch it. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. The kind of movies that you, like, that you get or, you know, for instance, I guess you still have Netflix DVDs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, th- Uh, I I don't anymore but when I did it was when I you know still lived at home with my parents and like there were some movies that we like wanted to see and knew they were good movies but you would get the Netflix DVD and then just kind of sit on it (laughs) and like not watch it for a really long time because like you knew it was going to be like a depressing movie, and you never quite got around to it. I see. Um, I do
0: that with all Netflix DVDs. I'm currently <laughs> holding on to the DVD for Sideways, which is a comedy about people who like wine, yeah. and I just haven't gotten around to watching it.
1: Yeah. So, so anyway, um, par- but part of I think what's what's so good and also so extremely terrifying, um, and what makes this movie I think also incredibly important is like how. what what a perfect detailed portrayal it is of severe relationship abuse. Yeah. Like, and again, like, you see why that's a weird thing to say, like, that's not, I I don't, I don't like... This movie, <laughs> because of that, I don't, like, like watching an abusive relationship. You like the depiction of it.
0: You like the, the, yeah. the talent and the artistry that went into well, depicting an awful thing.
1: Right. And I also, I mean, again, I like it the way that you like a horror movie. Like, it's yeah. it's terrifying to me. This is such, this is so scary. And honestly, so much scarier than, like, any slasher I've ever seen. Like, it's, she's trapped. In that yeah. house and in that, oh my God, it's so freaking scary. And well, like I, think, they, I think
0: with a slasher film, there's the constant physical danger, whereas here it's really just the slow burn of just yes. like she, she she's. It, it's what, what's the line at one point where uh, she says,
1: "But he said there wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. I'm not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind."
0: Which is such a great important difference.
1: Yes. Well, and that's also. Um, like I was also thinking about it. This is this. This is the first time I've really thought of as as so often happens. This is the first time I've really mm-hmm. thought about this this way. But like as soon as I kind of as I was watching this, I struck on that idea of like I'm terrified by this movie and I'm watching it the way I watch a horror movie. You know, in many ways, it's also structured like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, not not like people dying every couple minutes, but like but like uh you know with the the sort of ominous ominous prequel that happens before the actual plot starts and like the um the the race between the good guys and the and the bad guys to like figure out what's happening and even like the the like last like a couple different like in a horror movie it's like you think that the bad guy is dead but then he suddenly pops up one last yep. time you know and it was like in this it's like you think that all is going to be well but then for st- he decides to come down inside the house instead of going around the around mm-hmm. on the street again you know and like then then in that in that very last scene where she almost very last scene where she's alone with him in the attic it's like you think that he's gotten back into her brain and like you, for a little bit there you you think she's going to let him go and like that mm-hmm. he's going to get away you know just uh, Again, like, like the, you know, the, the, the boogeyman popping up one last time at the end of a horror movie. Like it's, yeah, it's like, it's just so deeply terrifying.
0: Well and also the other, other parallel with a horror movie is whereas in a horror movie you might be yelling out, No, don't go in the old creepy cabin. Here it's like, Don't marry a man you have known for two weeks. Oh like... my god. <laughs> what is it
1: with movie people and doing that? And like to some extent I think it's also like like a, a function of, of like era as well. Yeah. Like I I think Where that
0: was more like acceptable or more normal. More,
1: yeah, but I and of course I'm blanking on other examples now, but I feel like that happens so often in movies mm-hmm. where where people are like especially older movies people are like oh we met three weeks ago and now we're getting married and it's just like whoa there well, like, that's actually,
0: I know you haven't down. seen Frozen, but that's thats actually the best part of Frozen, is there's uh, two characters who have a big love song about how much they love each other, and they announce they're going to get married. And the other character's like, no, you literally just met each other. You're not allowed <laughs> to get married now. <laughs> Wait, so they kind of subvert the old Disney trope, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually, I say, that, I say that we don't see that in movies anymore, but actually a lot of, I talked about this on our When Harry Met Sally episode. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I like about When Harry Met Sally is the fact that it's this long-lived in relationship where the characters actually know each other. Because so often romantic comedies, you know, whereas this movie sort of starts with like, oh, we've been in love for two weeks and now we're getting married, which many, many do. And I think older movies have more of a tendency to do that, where it's like, where it's just like casually thrown in there that they've only known each other for two weeks. But if you actually think about the timeline of a lot of especially romantic comedies, it's kind of like, wee woo, 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 woo. This whole movie took place over the course of a long weekend. Yeah. What are you doing? In the same way that if you like calculate the timeline of Romeo and Juliet, the whole thing is like five days. Yeah, it's like what are they're does also like fourteen.
0: I mean, they're like completely. Yeah, like, yeah. well, and yeah, she's
1: she's thirteen or fourteen, and like he was He's, like in, sixteen. He was hopelessly in love with someone else at the beginning of the play too. Yeah, like that that whole thing is like. Yeah, I don't understand why people think Romeo and Juliet is romantic. It's obviously like a specific kind of like teenage because there's a
0: really good Tchaikovsky number that gets played whenever <laughs> Romeo and Juliet is involved, and so people just think like, right, of course. <laughs> so,
1: um, I'm guessing from the way you've jumped into the conversation though that you didn't hate it.
0: I didn't hate it. No, um, I did feel a little bit like I it was. Um, I was a little bit out of it for for portion of the movie where um, since I was kind of expecting. It was a bit of a misalignment with my expectations. I was kind of expecting something closer to, like, um, Shadow of a Doubt, the Hitchcock film, where there's more ambiguity about, you know, the antagonist and about kind of, you know... Oh, yeah, 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 uh, where you don't realize until... Yeah. Spoiler
1: alert for our listeners. You don't... Well, I'll just say you don't realize until the very end who the bad guy is, and, like, suddenly there's, like, a twist.
0: But, like, here it's very transparently obvious. Like, I wrote down as a joke in my notes that uh, that the, um, the, the, the woman on the train was obviously the murderer, you know, the, the bloodthirsty <laughs> Bessie. Uh, but, like, you know, I mean, here it's, like, transparently obvious from very early on. Like, uh, like literally the first thing that happens when they come into the house for the first time is, like, you know, she finds the letter, which was written by him, just kind of, you know. Right. Um, which he then freak, it, freaks out. It was written by somebody called Sergius Bauer. Give it to me. And so it's not about the mystery uh like from that moment it's like okay well, he obviously killed her and like there there's like no question from that point. And so it's um, more it,
1: about like the mystery of of why and all although I guess you know why as soon as you hear as soon as Joseph Cotton mentions or as soon as the other police dude mentions the jewels yeah. but like it's more the the like how is this going to unfold kind of
0: Right. And so like I I was not like constantly engrossed, maybe the same way it sounds like you were, where, like, you, you, you know, even as someone who hadn't seen this film before, you were kind of um, following, like, the, the the deeper, deeper pit of psychological horror that that, that yeah. uh, she's falling into. Um, for me, I kind of, be, I think maybe because I came into it with maybe slightly off expectations about the nature of the deception, I was kind of being, like, you know, I don't know, kind of being almost a little bit bored by it, even though I knew mm-hmm it's kind of hard to articulate because I didn't you know I I, I liked the movie um but I'm trying to articulate like um I think maybe I was maybe this style of psychological thriller has been maybe tropes of it or pieces of it have like I've seen them reflected in later works enough that I was not quite as engaged as as I would have been if I had seen this much earlier in my life um does that make sense? Yeah, like I, you know. Um, so, so, no,
1: yeah, it, r- no, it that does that makes perfect sense, and I feel like that's something. Um, I think that's I feel like that's something that we've encountered before on this. Yeah, it, it, on this podcast because like, oftentimes we do watch things that are like you know incredibly famous, very influential things that um, that then we you know whichever one of us is the noob is kind of like I feel like I've seen this a million times and it's because we've seen stuff that was influenced by it like I feel like I I, I could be remembering wrong but like I feel like you had a little bit of a similar reaction to not a similar reaction but I feel like with the Sopranos for instance it, it was kind of like you were watching the Sopranos for the first time in a moment of like white male antihero fatigue because like yeah. we've had so many of them and it's like yeah but Tony Soprano was like the first one like <laughs>
0: <laughs> right it's it's kind of it's it's like it's really unfair and it, it's it's you it we should be able to appreciate these things in their own in their own right kind of you know w- without the context of stuff that's come after but it's really hard to separate you know yeah if you've seen totally. other stuff first
1: well and I think I think part of the other thing for me too is like Already knowing what's going on and like what happens, yeah. um, it's it's also like, and again, paying closer attention this time than usual. You know, I, I was like, I was kind of cataloging like the different the the, the various types of abuse and how earlier they sh- how early they show up, yeah. Um, as opposed to like necessarily be besides additionally being terrified by the movie, right? Um, because there's so much stuff. I mean, you said like you could tell that he was the murderer as soon as he snatched the letter out of her hand, which is. Yeah, sure. Fair. Um, But like from the minute he she says she wants to go away and be alone true, for true. a week and then he surprises her at the station. And of course, like many things, as I think we've talked about either. I don't know if we talked about it in an episode, but we've definitely definitely talked about it outside the podcast. So many things in romantic movies like are really only romantic if both people are romantically interested in each other. Because if right. you if you take that out of the equation,
0: like <laughs> it's like,
1: what are you doing? I'm Why sorry did you... you
0: you you followed me secretly to my solo vacation. Like I said, you know,
1: like... right? Well, and it's like when you knowing knowing like what act what the actual dynamic is and like knowing what's actually going on in their relationship. It's like no, from the very beginning, it's not just like the literal active attempts to make her crazy it's mm-hmm. also like all kinds of behaviors like that like not letting her be alone and being controlling and not letting her have friends and all well, of and also kind of when, stuff. when they're
0: talking about where they're going to move after they get married oh and where, that, that that was like i think maybe my my even though it was far from the most intense i think my my um in hindsight favorite like sort of favorite in quotes sort of his out of his acts of villainy is where she's talking about so romantically about Rome and Paris and he says how would you feel about London and I mean yeah like at that point it it seemed fishy but it was not yet like a a, you know I, I wasn't certain if maybe it was a red herring or or what have you. Uh, So I wasn't sure if it was him. But like in hindsight it's like, you know, the fact that he obviously having his history as Sergius Bauer, you know, that that he knew to steer the conversation. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, question about that. Plot question. So he was the pianist for her aunt, and her aunt had the same vocal coach. So does that mean the vocal coach in Italy was aware of his, like... Of the the pianist's like
1: I don't uh, think so
0: history with the end because it seems like
1: because I think he was I think he played he accompanied her at once she was a professional at some point during her professional career okay and the vocal coach was her was her coach like when she was like learning to sing or whatever
0: okay because yeah because like it seemed a little bit weird that. Like, uh, you know, that he the the two paths would be so intertwined like that. I was I was I was assuming that there had to been some sort of difference in like the, it wasn't the same pianist working with the same coach, but and ne- they never explicitly say that they were not, you know, in cahoots.
1: Yeah, I think we're just talking about two different eras of the uh, of the ants' life. Also, um did you notice the speaking of speaking of like catching on early on to what's happening? Yeah. Uh, do you recall the plot of the old lady's murder mystery? <laughs>
0: Uh, where the the husband has six wives in the cellar. Like. Yeah,
1: but just like just like this woman, there she just says it's all about a girl who marries a man, and what do you think? He's got six wives buried in the cellar. Hello, foreshadowing.
0: Well, I think I think uh, in a lonely place did, did that much better. I felt I felt like they they were a little bit <laughs> a little bit oh, more yeah. subtle. Oh um, yeah, oh
1: yeah, for sure. I just mean I, I'm not saying it was subtle. I'm just saying like yeah. that was that was just like a blaring siren, like hey, don't marry this guy.
0: See, if this were we're, we're, doing, we're Wright...
1: doing a murderous husband trope here. If this were
0: an Edgar Wright movie, Bloodthirsty Bessie absolutely would have been the murderer. <laughs> like I think I've been I think I've been trained by like parodies of, of, of genre films more than anything else. <laughs> That's so funny.
1: Um... You gotta you gotta love your classic, like meddling old lady yep. <laughs> character. Like where would they be without her?
0: Yeah. She's she's <laughs> like
1: she helped Joseph Cotton's and by the way, I mean, mm. I know we've already covered Joseph Cotton. mm-hmm love him <laughs> just love joseph cotton
0: well so, so yeah bloodthirsty bloodthirsty bessie but you also have elizabeth the uh the cook who if it weren't for her like i mean she she she's also the real hero because she's the one who um who pretends that joseph cotton wasn't there you know at the end and then goes to get him um after she realizes that that he's that um Surges has snuck back in right um, yes so although kind of, of course
1: with... like ugh. Intentionally hiring a cook who's hard of hearing. Yeah. While we're talking about the help, though, we might as well talk about Angela Lansbury, who even I even knowing
0: even knowing that Angela Lansbury was in this movie, I didn't recognize her at first. I was like, really? she's so
1: it, young, yeah. I,
0: I know she's she just just looks so different <laughs> than what isn't I assume g- Angela Lansbury looks like. You know,
1: <laughs> isn't she great though? Like, eh. I,
0: I I I don't know. I thought I, I wasn't I wasn't actually a big fan of her performance in this. To be, to be honest, like. She felt, I don't know. She it, it, it felt like she was laying it on a little bit thick, and m- mm, maybe may, may, like I don't know. May, may, maybe it's hard to, maybe it's unfair to draw the comparison between her and the actor who's playing Sergius, like the, the, the bad guy, Charles Boyer. Yeah, because um, he's like very like subtle and insidious, and sur- well, I mean sometimes subtle, and <laughs> like you know, so his whole his whole thing is like slowly breaking down all of the defenses of of, of her mind. Uh, of Paula's mind whereas uh, whereas yeah um, Nancy her I don't know she, she, she seemed very kind of um, loud and extravagant by comparison Ah oh, you know Nancy don't you that gentleman friends are sometimes inclined to take liberties with young ladies Oh no sir not with me I can take care of myself when I want to You know Nancy it strikes me that you're not at all the kind of girl that your mistress should have for a housemaid
1: No sir She's not the only one in the house, is she? Well, I mean, I think the character is, though, right? Like, because she's just kind of like, she's just a, pretty much like a brash, not altogether respectable maid. <laughs> true, true. You know, so like, I don't know. I think, I think it's intentional. I just, get a, I just get a kick out of her. I think she's like, she's fun. Yeah. And I enjoy, uh, the- I enjoy watching Angela Lansbury. Like, I just think she's great. Well, I mean,
0: I've actually never really watched almost any of like Angela Lansbury's um the uh, TV show uh murder murder murder, murder she wrote, wrote? Um, yeah, yeah um i've only i don't ever think seen... i've I don't think
1: I've watched enough murder she wrote to uh put it on to the list. put it on the list <laughs> but like murder she wrote is just it's just so delightful and it, it's it, one of those it's one of those completely implausible like oh yeah this like this like you know, because it's not like, it's not like, you know, Sherlock Holmes or something where people come knock on her door and bring her murder mysteries. It's like, she's just like a, a detective fiction writer who <laughs> casually runs into murders all the damn time everywhere she goes. It's I remember like, reading something great. online
0: at one point where it was like, it was like a fan theory. Just like, she's obviously the murderer in every case. Oh, serial series. killer, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why she keeps on finding all these, all these murdered bodies. Totally. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking I'm looking at her thing. So I've seen Manchurian Candidate and obviously Beauty and the Beast, uh but I haven't seen most of her other other work, Angela yeah, Lansbury's other. It's work. funny,
1: for I can't even remember what prompted me. Like pretty recently, I was watching like a bunch of Angela Lansbury like clips of her and like a, some sort of like reel of her performances from uh-huh. um from when she got like a lifetime achievement award from one of the awards things and stuff, and I'm just like yeah, she has she has like a an incredibly impressive range of yeah uh of the acting range really. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But yeah, Charles Boyer though, like what a creepy dude. Yeah. He's so (laughs) creepy looking and has like the world's creepiest eyebrows.
0: (laughs) The creepiest eyebrows. I I to be honest, I wasn't wasn't paying that much attention to his eyebrows, but as I think about it, yeah, you're right. He's never unarched at least one of
1: them is always like like doing the rock eyebrow except in like a very like terrifying <laughs> menacing way which i guess oh, see, is kind of what the rock was going for
0: you call that the rock eyebrow i call it the dreamworks poster eyebrow uh but i think it's the same it's the same <laughs> the same look the dreamworks uh, the, poster eyebrow uh there the, there's a uh old internet meme where it was that on the poster of every dreamworks movie there's a character making that arched eyebrow look uh <laughs> and it I is absolutely true that. If you look back at all of the, all of the movies, there's always a character with that with that that one arched eyebrow.
1: That's funny. Anyway, oh, so back to Gaslight. Another thing, another thing that occurred to me for the first time watching this is like, I mean, obviously, I've always noticed that he's like clearly super taken with jewels. Right. Um, like the look he gets in his eye when he is in his eyes when he's talking about the crown jewels. Jewels are wonderful things. They have a the life of their own and then again at the end talking about Jules. But I think this was the first time that it occurred to me like um you know, it's ironic that he his strategy here is to is to drive her crazy or at least make her think she's crazy because like he's clearly he's clearly got some kind of like madness going on there. You know, like he's uh, there's 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 quite a a mad look in his eye to use the the old term, you know? Like he's yeah. he's clearly got some kind of like unhealthy obsession obsession with, with the uh, jewels yeah with jewels yeah <laughs> it's funny because this is the second thing that i've watched today that involved uh high sewing priceless jewels into uh clothing to hide it <laughs> uh, just uh, an episode an episode of a of a mystery show that i was watching earlier today
0: <laughs> yeah i did find it a little bit um Strange that he's going up to the attic every single night and he never noticed the jewels sitting on top of the clothes until the last night. But yeah, I don't and know. like
1: seriously, that attic was not big enough to take like six months. And he's like, and in his searching, the searching that we saw was so haphazard. Yeah, it was like, like, he was like, you know, dig through this chest and like stab the back of a chair. And it was just like, what are you. <laughs> have, you, have you not been like systematically working your way through this? You've been doing this literally every night for 6 months.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I I found him to be really interesting as a villain, but knowing that it was once you did find out that's all about the jewels, um, I don't know. I I I kind of found that a little bit hokey, a little bit little bit cheesy, like It is.
1: And actually, I kind of um I kind of forget about the jewel thing. Yeah. Like every time, uh, every time it's like at some point in the movie, I'm always like, "Oh, that's right. He's like stealing some jewels. That's what this is about." Like,
0: like it, it felt, it felt like maybe it would have been more compelling if it were actually some sort of like something related to a tryst with her aunt, right? Or something like a crime of passion type thing, as opposed to like, no, I just want stuff that she owned. Like,
1: yeah, well, I mean, she's pretty rich, right? Like, yeah. like it, it, it would, it instead of instead of the whole hokey jewel thief thing like it it almost would be better if it was just like he's just out for her fortune right and like and maybe he was trying to seduce the aunt and failed and you know now his goal is to is to you know drive her crazy so that he gets like conservatorship over her fortune or something you know what I mean yeah because um, like, well,
0: the idea is that if she goes to an asylum, it doesn't mean he gets anything other than ability to search all day, right? I mean, like that's kind yeah. of the. So I I don't know. I found I found that part of it kind of implausible, but whatever. He's still he's still a really good villain, and he he's still you know I still very much enjoyed enjoyed in quotes yeah. uh, watching him work. Um, yeah. And all the all the horrible things that entailed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so so horrible and creepy, but no, he yep. is. I mean, it is it is it is mostly. Um, it's like it's it's almost like the jewels don't even matter. Like, and, and yeah. to me, clearly they don't because I forget that they happen every time. It's 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 much more. I don't know. It's much more interesting just as like a portrait of like again a non physically but extremely abusive relationship. It, it's, um, it's,
0: it's the uh, the pulp, pulp fiction briefcase. It's just kind of like you don't really need to think too much about what's in the briefcase, it's not the important yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: it's the, um... The like The MacGuffin, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. And I don't know, I don't know that I have anything else, really, to say about it, other than pointing out that, like, having this specific site that they visit in, visit in London, I mean, obviously the reason is for the Crown Jewels, but also the Tower, like, they're like literally getting a tour of, like, a torture chamber.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just, like, again... And and it's, here, it's ladies and a... gentlemen,
0: is the rack where people had their limbs torn off. Which and is real. Like... I
1: mean, like, if you've ever <laughs> yeah. been on the tour of the Tower of London...
0: Yeah, but the, the way the tour guide was saying it was just kind of...
1: The victim kneeling, laid his head upon the block, fitted his neck into the small hollowed-out space designed to receive it, whereupon the axe descended, severing the head from the torso with one blow, or in unlucky cases, two. Oh, yeah, just, like, super, just super calm. Like... Very tour guide-y, yeah. Put... <laughs> NBD, just, you know... Um, yeah. I also just like I know this is probably not something you're typically tuned into, but like I just have to put a plug in for the costumes as well. They're fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, oh god, yeah. What an <laughs> what an era of clothing and jewelry, and like I mean, super uncomfortable because all those dresses are corseted. But like, oh, huh, yeah. what beautiful dresses. <laughs> and also Joseph Cotton and white tie. You know, of
0: course, I don't object. Uh, the only other thing I had in my notes was um, – and I this kind of accidentally syncs up with what you were saying about this being a horror movie to you – is, like, it's a very well-established kind of meme that basically horror movies are not scary if you watch them on mute, that basically this, the sound <laughs> and the music are so important to the yeah. the, the, the scariness of a horror movie. And what yeah, I like love how te- scary
1: is Jaws even without doing it?
0: Not scary at all. Not no, at it's, all. It's, it's I mean, all sharks music, are yeah.
1: scary, but it's pretty hokey if you don't have the music.
0: Right. Um, and here, what I love with, with, with the titular Gaslight is just the fact that it's there's no music when it turns back on. There's no sound. It's just the silent going from dim to bright again. And you see that before Joseph Cotton realizes it that was probably the i mean you know oh, you can see yeah why you mean movie, the
1: very last the very last time when, when yeah. he realizes
0: that that he's leaving the attic like the, the very last time you get the close up of the gaslight turning back on mm-hmm. uh or, or or undimming or whatever um you know it's it's very well set up and i just really i dig that i very much appreciate the payoff of that of that uh long awaited yeah lo- <laughs> that yeah, moment. yeah
1: yeah that's so that is really true
0: um it it works you know specifically because it makes no sound because because the you know it's all just about you know it getting brighter so
1: right exactly no no no. it is it is good and it's such a like it's it, it's such a great um great like trope to have not trope but recurring you know yeah important motif. thing to have going through moti- motif exactly thank you it's such a it's such an important thing to have like ha- you know going on throughout the um the movie and setting up so you know by that point you know exactly what all of it means. And like there's so much freaking significance in those stupid
0: mm-hmm. gas lights. Yep.
1: Anyway. <laughs> so
0: now I know what the word means. Now I yeah, know why hey, I mean, I think you already knew what lighting. the word meant, but yeah. now you know where it comes from. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs>
0: and knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Um
1: anyway, so yeah, anyway. what are we watching next time? Hopefully not something about torture and abuse.
0: Uh, no, not about either of those things, but we are watching something about Deception. This movie has inspired me to revisit oh something, a movie that I uh, very much love, and that is Man on the Moon.
1: Man on the Moon. Okay. Yeah. So. Interesting.
0: Yep. Is this so. about
1: how the moon landing is fake?
0: No. I'm kidding, because no.
1: obviously the moon landing is not fake. <laughs> Self-fact check.
0: Well that's not ever reach here. I mean we gotta wait for all the facts to come in on that oh one. God, I mean, you oh know, my god, uh, oh my god. Different sides say no. <laughs> 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 you know. We're watching Man on the Moon hashtag, next time.
1: Hashtag fact check the moon landing <laughs> happened.
0: Um so that's what we'll be watching next time. Until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet?
1: I am on Twitter at EJ Reports.
0: And I am on Twitter, according to sources, at Hey Hey This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob, turning off the gaslight. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob For more, visit gvnpodcast.com